Now the sermon today will be brought to us by Elder Steve Andrews entitled, My Son, from Proverbs 1, verse 8. While um, I was watching the program this morning, which it was very heartening to see all those young people participating and doing things like that that I probably at, my, at their age would have shied away from and never wanted to have done, and it's uh, wonderful to, to see that. I also was uh, holding my grandchild, uh, one of them. <laughs> Some of them are too big to hold now. Uh, and I, it was, I had thought about this last night, but it's, it's interesting that each, each person, each individual is such a wonderful, unique creation. It's, who could believe in evolution? All this diversity, all these different personalities and, and uniqueness in their personalities. You know, if we were, if we were had evolved from some pond scum somewhere, I, I don't think we would have, there's, there's no way in the world that we would have had the diversity. It shows a tremendous power, glory of God in his ability to create individuals down through ages with every one of them totally unique. I look forward to the kingdom. I don't know about you, but I think it's going to be wonderful to see all of those personalities. And uh, earlier uh, he was talking about David, uh, Ron was, and boy, do I want to meet that man. I want to meet Jesus Christ, of course, first, because that's who we all want to receive. But there's, there's a few there that I would like to talk to. In the book of Proverbs, which is what I'm going to talk about today, which was written by King Solomon. Everybody knows about Proverbs. And my Bible has a, a, an interesting uh, title. It's called The Practical Guide for Everyday Life. I think that's pretty well sums up Proverbs. There's an interesting thread, though, that runs through the book of Proverbs. And I would like to share that with you today. That's something that I was reading and thinking about and meditating, medi meditating on. And, and it's interesting that our young people were here and they you know, did those things. And I would like for those of us who still have our fingers in the raising of children, even though ours is somewhat secondary now as uh, grandparents, yet we still see our children, see our grandchildren and have influence and those of you who are raising children and those of you who come in contact with children. I think to understand Solomon's wish for his son. And now I, I, I'm assuming maybe this is the one that became the king but uh, maybe that's just the wrong assumption. Maybe he was talking about another one. But nevertheless it's written 
for, as the Bible says, our admonition and our strengthening and glory and, 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 and our hope. The book of Proverbs starts out, Solomon gives this beginning, which is a beautiful beginning for this book. And it's interesting that God gave him this wisdom, and he wrote this wisdom down for us to read about it, to have, a, have it in our hands, to, to be able to go back to it. If you've noticed, there's 31 chapters, and I think Ron has mentioned this before. You could do one of these a day in a month. And really have a good grounding in the book of Proverbs. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, justice, uh, justice and judgment equity, to give subtility to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Can you imagine our young girls and boys, boys and girls, everywhere, whichever way you want to go, to take these proverbs and live by them, keep them in their heart, understand that the world is truly against Christians. And they need the strength of God's Word. They need the strength of the Proverbs to understand the world that they live in because the Proverbs definitely explain those things. You go through and you see how very much in tune with the world that we live in, down through the ages it's been there, to go and to look and see and to be aware of of the problems and trials and tribulations that come upon us. He says in, in Proverbs 1, beginning of verse 8, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and forsake not the law of your mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace to your head and chains about your neck. And so that is for all children. And even after we get older, I, I remember my mother and my mother, uh, she, uh, I don't think she ever let me grow older. <laughs> Every time I would come over, she would ask me how I was doing, um, if I wanted something to eat. Um, I was trying to think of all the things that she would say to me that seemed to indicate that I was still only about 10 years old, even though I was in my 40s, you know. It's like mothers never realize that their children grow up. I am, uh, I'm looking over there, she's smiling. <laughs> she has the same thought, even her oldest son. She, she just worries about him and um, all of our children. But that's what parents do. They give us instruction. Just real quickly over here on Proverbs, the sixth chapter. And I won't be skipping around a whole lot, but I wanted to, to add this. It says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not the law of your mother. Mothers have a lot of wisdom. A lot of wisdom. And they can impart that if you will listen. 
pay attention to what mama says. Sometimes I, we get tired of hearing mom and daddy tell us things. But it's so important to understand that. Because in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, guess what it says about obeying mom and dad? Let's see if I can find Ephesians, the sixth chapter in here. And let's see. Oh, there we go. I found Ephesians 6 chapter, up on the board in the back. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you mayest live long on the earth. Isn't that interesting? The, they went back and they looked at the Proverbs and then... They went back and they looked at the commandments and, and he wrote that for us. Paul did. Gave that commandment that our children obey their parents for the length of life. In verse 10, back to Proverbs 1 and verse 10, my son, and this is so critical for all of our young people to listen to, my son, if sinners entice you, consent you not. Children, please, listen to these words. We are in a society in which there's so much influence. And I'm, I'm, When we get to chapter 2, there's a whole long area here. We'll, we'll go over that. But I want you all to listen and to pay attention to what the Proverbs say. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood, let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive and, as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not you in the way with them. Refrain your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. There are a lot of evil things going on in the world today. There are a lot of evil things going on in the world today. And our children are influenced sometimes by the things that are on the Internet, that are in movies. Um, what did I read just recently? that some young kid, um, that new video game um, was acting it out, um, rape and murder, and he wasn't very old either. Uh, you have to watch what they, what they do, what they, what they are influenced by. Do not follow after the lawless, wicked ones in this world. The gangs, the cliques, the clubs, there are bullies, there are mobs that you can get involved in that will drive you into these kind of things. Parents, be aware of what your children are involved in and how they are being influenced in this world because these things here can influence them and drive them into wickedness. In Ecclesiastes, the th third chapter, verse 18, we find... Solomon again saying this, I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God might, let's see if I've got the right one. I think I may have written that one down wrong. Um, 
Uh, oh yeah, the wicked and the righteous. And I, I actually I I meant to start in verse 16, and I I've got it a little bit before. Moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. And I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. In other words, God is going to judge. It's going to come a day when that wickedness will be judged. In Revelation, the 21, Revelation 21 and verse 8, and you're all very, very familiar with this as we read this every year at the Feast of Tabernacles on the last great day. But there will come a time when those wicked ones will be judged. And I might just read it here. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. There is a day coming of judgment. And so parents, it's important that we teach our children and help us help them to understand the importance of righteousness and what wickedness is really about. And there's nothing pleasant and good about what's happening in the world today. And the wickedness that's there. Proverbs, the second chapter. I'm going to read the whole chapter here because it is filled with things that um, I think are very profound. My son, if you will receive my words, hide my commandments with you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yea, if you seek after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then shall you understand the fear of the Lord and the find and find the knowledge of God. It is interesting that in that when someone begins to pursue the Bible and look into the Bible, they also begin to look into who the Creator is. And they begin to understand the knowledge that they were created. True knowledge from the Bible helps us understand that we were created. For the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for righteous, for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keeps the paths of judgment and preserves the way of, of his saints. Then shall you understand righteousness and judgment, equity, yea, every good path. This is a promise from God. Even though the inspiration was to Solomon to write these words down, remember, God, he asked God to give him the wisdom. So God imparted that wisdom to Solomon to write these words for you to understand, for us to understand, and for us to impart them to our children. As Solomon was trying to impart to his son, and maybe all his family. When wisdom enters into your heart, I think that's verse 10, yep. When wisdom enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion shall preserve you. Understanding shall keep you. 
It's, when you have the background of God's Word, when you understand the Proverbs, when you understand these precepts, then you understand what is right and what is wrong, what's good, what's evil. You're able to be able to discern all of those things. You're able to, cons to um, rightly divide it and maybe even preserve your life. You get into a situation and you realize, oh man, this isn't good. It would be my discretion to get out of this. To get out of this. To move away from it. Don't get involved. Because it might end in uh, you losing your life. Verse 11, discretion shall preserve you. Understanding shall keep you. To deliver you from the way of the evil man. From the man that speaks forward things. Who leaves, who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice to do evil and delight in forwardness of the of the wicked, whose ways are crooked. They uh, forward in their paths to deliver you from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flatters with her words, which forsakes the guide of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house inclines to death, and her path to the dead. None that go to her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. That you may walk in the way of good men, and keep the paths of righteousness. That you may walk in the way of good men. Teach children to walk in the way of good men. There are good men still. Maybe getting less and less, but there are good men out there. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in, in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and transgressors, transgressors shall be rooted out of it. The wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and transgressors shall be rooted out of it. That day of judgment will be coming to this earth, and this will happen. There's also a promise of length of days, and... Proverbs 3, my son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them about your neck, write them upon the tables of your heart. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. It's interesting that I think by understanding God's Word, being able to discern what's right and what's wrong, we were able to stay away from those things that are wickedness. Well, that preserves our life. I don't know if anybody has been watching Tulsa's crime scene any. <laughs> I guess it's kind of hard to, to miss it when if you're listening to the radio on the way to work in the morning. But one of the things that, was, that, that, that I've been pondering is that our Tulsa police seem to be very well able to, to capture just about anybody that does any crime. Now, I wish they had the ability to catch them before they did it, but it does seem like they've been catching them pretty quickly after they've done it. So for criminals out there, should they not have a little bit of thought about, you know, if I go out there and I do this, 
I'm probably going to get captured about the time that I get in my car to make the escape. That's what, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. I, I still have not been able to figure out evil people's minds. You know, how, how, do they, how do they think? How do they come up with the idea that, oh, yeah, I can go out and rob somebody and I can get away with it? In Tulsa, there seems to be very few of those things going on that they don't get caught and they don't get put away. Even that crime, it's interesting, even that crime where those two girls were just shot out in the middle of the road and nobody had any idea why they were shot, what was going on, and who had done it. They were just walking along and all of a sudden they, they found them dead. They caught the guy. They caught the guy. It was months later, but they caught him. And it's interesting that I'm so thankful that there are policemen, that there is some law enforcement. They weren't under anarchy today, that we have some freedoms. And I appreciate that in our nation. He says in verse 5, and I don't think I had that one down, but I want to read that. It says, Trust the Lord with your heart, with all your heart, and lead not on your own understanding. Trust the Lord with all your heart, and lead not on your own understanding. Frankly, we have very little wisdom when it comes to things in this world, and we need God's Word to, to guide us and lead us into righteousness and the right path. So, in verse 10, it says, So shall your barns be filled with plenty. Your presses shall burst with, out with new wine. And I think it's, no, wait a minute, I want to go to verse 4. Top, chapter 4, verse 10. I just keep right on reading Proverbs. It's so good here. Proverbs 4, verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life shall be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you go, your steps shall not be straightened, and when you run, you shall not stumble. In other words, that word straightened actually means hampered. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is your life. Isn't it interesting how these are put that they personify wisdom and understanding and um, instruction like there's something that we can actually have walk with us, guide us and lead us. Well, they do. If we're into the book, we read the Proverbs, we understand their, their meaning, they do walk with us. And as they are given to us over years and years and years, they become a part of our life. They become a part of our thinking, a part of our very way of life. And that's what Jesus says, I am the way. I am the life. And they become a part of us. In chapter 5, instruction for young men. Boy, we, we live in a <laughs> horrible society today. Um, very difficult. My son, attend to my wisdom and bow your ear to my understanding that you may regard discretion and that your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. 
but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to, to, to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest you should ponder the, depth, the path of life, her ways are movable that you cannot know them. Hear me now, therefore, O you children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and come not near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with your wealth and your labors be in the house of a stranger. I don't know how far I was going to read on this one. Verse 13. And you mourn at last when your flesh and your body is consumed. And there are a lot of diseases. There are a lot of diseases that are spread through illicit sex, which is what we're talking about here. And they can consume the body to the point where you just live in misery. And some of them are so bad that you never can get over them. And say, how have I hated instruction? And my heart despised reproof. I could have listened. I could have heard my parents talking about the Proverbs. I could have, oh, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have listened a little more what they said about the Proverbs and what could happen. And I just went out and I just let it all hang out. And it, now look at me. I'm just in terrible shape. How have I hated instruction in my heart, despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me? I just went off and did what I wanted to do, and I just didn't care what they had to say. But if I just had listened, I might have avoided all these problems. You know, sometimes it happens in our life, and sometimes we have to repent of those things that we have done. But wouldn't it be nice if we could, and I, I have to say even in my life, I wish I had listened more deeply with the Proverbs in years past also when I was a young man. And in fact, I did, my mother would read us the Bible and read us the Proverbs and stuff, and I think that was part of, of that growing up and that teaching that, that, that got that little spark God was kind of trying to get into my life through her teaching. But I thought I knew more sometimes than my mother and my dad. My dad was um, not necessarily religious, but he was a very good man as far as his work ethic. And I was very appreciative of that because that, that kind of rubbed off on me. And I, I think, I hope, rubbed off on my, my sons. They seem to work, <clears throat> you know, they find jobs and do things. They seem to be very hard workers also. But in, in chapter 6, it says something about going into debt. My son, if you be surety for your friend, if you have stricken your hand with a stranger, in other words, you've uh, reached out and shook their hand. Oh, yeah, I'll pay you back, man. I'll pay you back. Just give me the money. <laughs> you are snared with the words of your mouth. Whoa, I've gotten myself in trouble. You're taken with the words of your mouth. 
Do this now, my son, and deliver yourself. When you are come into the hand of your friend, go. Humble yourself and make sure you're a friend. Give not sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and a bird from the hand of the fowler. In other words, get out of debt, quick. <laughs> I made the mistake several years ago. I mean, I thought it was a good thing to, to go into debt and have a lot of credit cards. And Man, I'm glad I got out of that. Um, especially since today the credit cards have numbers like, wow, 21%. And they have all these fees and all this stuff that goes with it. And it's, uh, it's amazing. I wish it was possible. And if I always had made bukus of money, I would have never, never borrowed a dime. But uh, there's some things that uh, sometimes we just, like houses and cars and those things, is just so much beyond what we can afford. We have to go into it, but we, are very, we should go into it with our eyes open and understand the consequences because that's what the Bible says. Because if you strike your hand, in other words, you sign the dotted line, you can get yourself into trouble. Let's see how far I wanted to go. I want to go to verse 11. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider the ways and be wise which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands of sleep, so shall your poverty come as one that tra uh, uh, travels and your want as an armed man. It's interesting that the society that we live in today will not obey that. They will not obey that. They will not let people or make people go back to work when they're healthy enough to do work. They put people on welfare. Some people need it. You know, there's, there's needy people. There are people that are needy. But there's also an awful lot of people that are on welfare that aren't needing to have welfare. And it comes down to this right here. These words, go to the ant, you sluggard, that's what they're becoming, and the more you get it, the worse you are at it. You should always want to do the best you can to provide for yourself. And sometimes in the society, I know it's difficult, and sometimes it's very difficult to, to find jobs, and that's okay. You know, you, whenever you need help, you need help. But whenever you want, you, whenever you can get out of that, it's time to find a job and find work and time to do what, what uh, the Bible talks about and provide for yourself and for your family if, if you can. Let's see, I finished that. Let's go to Proverbs, the 19th chapter. Proverbs 19. And beginning of verse 26. This is pretty serious. He that wastes his father and chases away his mother is a son that causes shame and brings reproach. Cease, my son, 
to hear the instruction that causes us to err from the words of knowledge. It's interesting that when we have someone that goes out and just wantonly begins to kill people, it's usually the mother gets on and weeping and crying. The father is so ashamed. Sometimes the father comes on and has the courage to get in front of them, but it's a lot of times a mother that's weeping because of her son's terrible act of horror. Some of them have been terrible. And some of those acts have been done right under the nose of the parents. I can't understand that. Do they not even know what their sons are doing? Do they not even know what's happening in their own house? What he's planning? Do they not even know what kind of a person his son, their son is or their daughter is? It's interesting that in this society, he wastes his father and chases away his mother is a son that causes shame and brings reproach. Tell you what, the Proverbs are right up to date. They are right up to date. Every one of them. You read through that and you look at what the society is like and you see it is exactly what is written in the Word of God. In Proverbs 24, Proverbs 24, 13 and 14. My son, I like this one, eat you honey because it's good. And the honeycomb, which is sweet to your taste. <laughs> he was wise. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. When you have found it, then there shall be a reward and your expectation shall not be cut off. Isn't that interesting? He uses the contrast of something very sweet, very good, honey and the honeycomb. All of us enjoy, you know, the, sometimes getting a little bit of that honeycomb. It's a little different than just the plain honey. Very tasty, uh, kind of waxy, but interesting to eat. This is that contrast. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. Once you finally understand the truth of the Word of God, the Creator, and who the Creator is, and all of those things, it becomes sweet to your soul. It becomes an understanding that cannot be taken away. You remember that. You remember what, even if you'd only eaten honey one time, you'd probably remember it, wouldn't you? It is so unique. Of course, there's clover honey, and there's this kind of honey, and there's that kind of honey. Um, I kind of prefer the clover honey, but there's, there's many different honeys because the bees get on all the, these different plants. But it's so unique that once you've tasted it, you don't forget it. It's the same with wisdom. It's the same with God's Word. Once you've really tasted it, once you've really put it into your soul, it is sweet to your life, sweet to your soul. It's a part of you. And you're rewarded because of that. Unfortunately, we have to have a history lesson. Because the man that wrote 
the Proverbs didn't finish his life out quite as well as he should have. And so for that reason, maybe we can understand certain things that happened to the, to the king that came after Solomon. In 1 Kings 11, because I want this to go, I want us to understand a couple of things um, about Solomon. But I don't want us to fall into the same pit. You know, that's the, that's the problem. Sometimes we get older, we get, either we allow certain things to influence us or we, um, or we allow the world to influence us. In, in 1 Kings chapter 11 and beginning in verse 4, For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart from uh, after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. Remember David his father um, right up to his death. Was, um, and in fact, all the way down through the rest of the words of the... Well, he was... He was after David, his father, or he was, you know, not like David, his father. They buried him not like David, his father. Okay. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of Zidonians, after Milcom, the abomination of the Amorites. <laughs> God always tells it like it is. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as did David, his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and Moloch, the abomination of the children of Ammon. <laughs> Sounds like America. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burned incense, sacrificed to their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared to him twice. Man. <laughs> God, has, God has given us his word, and we believe it, and we live it, and we, we, we are, we're so thankful for it. And we wouldn't want to turn from him. But Solomon had God appear to him twice in his life and gave him that ability to have so much wisdom. And he allowed himself through his wives to commit atrocities that made God angry. And he commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said to Solomon, For as much as this is done of you, and you have not kept my command, uh, covenant and my statutes which I have commanded you, I will surely rend the ki kingdom from you, and I will give it to your servant. Notwithstanding in your days, I will not do it for David your father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not rend it away from the kingdom, but will give one tribe, I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to your son for David my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. Now, in Second Chronicles, we see a son the heir to the throne, who should have been reading his father's proverbs and not listening or seeing what his father was doing. Chapter 10, 2 Chronicles 10, 
beginning in verse 3. And they sent and called him. So Jeroboam and all of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made your yoke grievous, made our yoke grievous. Now therefore ease you somewhat the grievous servitude of your father and his heavy yoke that he put upon us, and we will serve you. And he said to them, Come again to me in three days. And the people departed. And King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men that had stood before Solomon and his father, and while he yet lived, saying, What counsel give you to me? Return uh, answer to this people. And they spoke to him, saying, if you, be got, if you be kind to this people, and please them, and speak good words to them, they will be your servants forever. But he forsook the counsel which, of the, which the old men gave him, and took counsel with the young men that were brought with him, that stood before him, and he said, and, and he said to them, "What device give you that we may return answer to this people which have spoken to me, saying, Ease somewhat the yoke that your father did put on us?" And the young men that were brought up with him spoke to him, saying, "Thus shall you answer the people that spoke to you, saying, Your father did our yoke heavy; your father made our yoke heavy, but <clears throat> make you it somewhat lighter for us." Thus shall you say then, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. In other words, he was going to put extra burdens on it. And we know the history. God split the kingdom between Jeroboam and Rehoboam. And that's history today. Solomon was given a great deal of wisdom, and we have that wisdom in the book. We also have the examples, which the Bible says we need to to, to see. There, there are examples, therefore our good, that we might not follow the same ways and the same paths. I have one final thought, and it's one that I like to read every once in a while, and it's such a beautiful prayer, and it's a prayer for the, for the church. And it's a prayer from Paul, and it's found in Ephesians, the third chapter. And it's beginning in verse... 14. He says, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3, verse 14. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. That Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen.